Chase Edmonds sucks. I think, but you have to think like with a tight, strong offensive mind like Nathaniel Hackett, can he unlock <laughs> Chase Edmonds? <laughs> Hello and welcome back to episode 26 of the SSFL podcast. Uh, it's week nine. Uh, things are starting to get a little spicy with the NFL trade deadline. Eric, how you doing? Good, how are you? I am okay. I didn't expect to win this week. Didn't win. I had a glimmer though. I had a glimmer. Eric, how, how are you actually doing though? Uh, my life is still pretty good. Still... Uh... Getting married, Eagles are still seven and zero. I don't know. What are you? What are you referring to specifically? Oh, I, nothing in specific. I was just wondering how you were doing overall. Thank you for asking. That's very kind of you. How are you? Yeah, uh, feeling much better. <laughs> Snap the streak. <laughs> yep, felt good. Had a big week, even with the zero from Rashad Bateman. Um, I'm in the process of getting um, reimbursed from Murray Market national for that trade but um the return policy is not as uh not as friendly as i would like so i guess i'm stuck with them but uh, you know i got the win beat the working man sorry james <laughs> eric what is going on one in seven do you have bias this week or just like oh eric's one in seven i had no idea i was just Are you guys yeah, still talking um... about this fantasy football season like are we over with that at this point <laughs> It's over. Yeah, it's, like, it's done. I've been done for like three weeks. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> Move on. It's interesting because, um, like Tony pointed out, we're actually getting dangerously close to the end of the season. We've got some like spicy matchups coming into week nine. Um, four weeks left. We think probably seven wins is like your minimum to make playoffs. Well, f- five weeks left, including this week, right? Nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't scare me like that. <laughs> Don't try and rob me of a week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of teams that kind of need it. There's a bunch of 3 and 5 teams playing this week. You could see, you know, one of those teams could realistically pop off and snap off of like four or five game winning streak and sneak in. But it's kind of make or break like James and Brandon uh Dion and Jay split little yeah, secretly. Yeah, sneaky good. Sneaky good matchup. I think like I think seven has to be the number of wins you have to target minimum. We were talking, Eric, before you just came on. I think that's like the number of wins that you need. Although I don't know exactly how it's gonna work with this like week 14, one giant division tiebreaker thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a, a six win team can get in just because everything is so yeah, I think like tight. But there's um, already seven, like already five teams with five or more wins. You yeah. have to pencil all those teams in for at least seven. So in order for a team with yeah. six wins to be in that tiebreaker, you and Justin and Tyler would all have to go two and three. And then the other teams there would be like three and two. I don't really see that happening. I see at least one of you, Justin yeah. and Tyler, winning three games. So I think seven and six has to be the bar. Yeah. I think especially like if you're 
trying to gauge your hopes, you got to be looking at seven. Like you can't rely on like, oh, if I get to six, I have a chance. Like you got to get to seven and um, and and then even then it's not guaranteed, but that's, I think it's the minimum number. So yeah, getting late early, as they say, for some of these people. I think seven is even going to be a bit of a bloodbath. Like there's going to be some spicy uh, tiebreaker week happening. Mm-hmm. Just all you got to do though, it's it's kind of fun. I kind of I'm I'm curious to see how it works down the stretch, because um, you just got to get to the tiebreaker. That's all you got to do. Like, you don't need to worry about like who's beating who, uh, who your head to head is, your points for. Like, I, I'm kind of digging this week 14 thing. I'm kind of curious to see how it turns out. But kind of like the idea is like all you got to be is tied for six at, 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 in week 14, and then anything can happen. Right. So yeah. you're not you're not looking at like oh there's a. I lost to this team in week two by two points and that could be the end to my season. It's like, you just got to get there and then you got to perform in that week. And yeah, exactly. It's looking more and more likely that there's going to be like a three or four team tiebreaker in that week for seeding. Crazy. It's going to be so much fun. (laughs) It's so stressful. I I, like, I, I hope it's, yeah, man. I mean, it's likely just my situation. That's what's going to be, but um, it does going to be so stressful. Like trying to play against four other people or three other people. So that's going to be real, real interesting to watch. I hope we get to get together for that as well. That seems like a prime, like everybody around the TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I looked it up today. Mm-hmm. I believe it's Sunday, December 11th. So yeah, everybody should pencil that in as a potential day for getting together. Yes. I accidentally um, moved plans off of that day unintentionally, but. That's perfect because now I'm not busy. Um, um, yeah, and then yeah, I just want to highlight. I think there's some. Um, we had like the corner animal game early in the year, and I think it kind of comes full circle. We are now at like the they're cornered again. You know, like <laughs> they keep getting four corners, getting trapped. Yeah, <laughs> they ran. They escaped the one corner, but you know they ended up in the other corner, not too bright. Um, we have. Uh, Kenny at two and six, uh, Harsh three and five, squaring off against each other. You got to think that the loser of this game, um, whoever it is, is going to feel uh, on the outside looking in. I think that's uh, could be the end of the season um, to one of those guys. I think that's a little bit of a surprise. And then we also have uh, James three and five versus Brandon three and five coming up. Same deal there. One of those people is going to be at six win or uh, six losses. I'm going to have to make a stretch run. And I think, you know, like James's team is definitely better than three and five for sure. Brandon had a rough start and then put up a big week and then ran into like, uh, he played harsh last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, harsh actually ended up. No, sorry. Tyler. Oh, oh, he played Tyler. Oh, okay. Wait, are we talking about week eight? Yeah. Week eight. Uh, he ran into Dion. Dion on a monster oh, yeah. week. <clears throat> Dion had, um, I think, the ninth or tenth highest scoring week in um, SSFL history since we came to Sleeper. Uh, so that's tough. That's a that's a tough one to fall to three and five. And then Dion and Justin sneaky. Uh, Dion making a little run, a couple of wins in a row, a couple of big weeks, and he has a chance to surpass. Je- well, not I guess surpass, but tie Justin. He's one game behind and. Man, things can change so quickly, so quickly in, in fantasy. Dion's football. like completely covering Jay for points for it too. He would pass him if he won. Well, that's not really 
we're not doing that tiebreaker. Oh, yeah. Matter. Yeah. So it's interesting. Did you miss the first 10 minutes of this podcast, Brendan? Or? I was just thinking about the fact that it doesn't matter because I'm six and two. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Six and two can turn into six and three, six and four very quickly. But, uh, you know, one game, I'm one matchup I'm really looking forward to is the seven and one juggernaut versus the one and seven um, <laughs> doormat. Is that week nine? I would like to point out this is the first week all year that Sleeper has been projected to win. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're playing against the 85 Bears defensively. So, I I mean, I don't know. Scoring's going to be in tough, uh, short supply. That's just the way she goes. Wilson and Brissett are on bye. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Kyle. <laughs> Oh, and I can't even try and farm off Garoppolo to him. Fuck. Huh. Yep, Garoppolo's also on by. Yeah. Who, who's available quarterback-wise? <laughs> Jay still has three of them. <laughs> off the waiver wire, though? It's, I'm just going to put this out there. Like, if the, if the league wants to catch up on Kyle a little bit, they could all just go put in some waiver claims on the six remaining starting quarterbacks available <laughs> in the SSFL. That's spicy. And, uh, Maybe uh, help with the loss there. His his current options at quarterback are Ryan Tannehill, Mac Jones, Andy Dalton, Taylor Heineke, Davis Mills, PJ Walker, and Zach Wilson. So I'm just looking at some stats here. Kyle is second least points for. That's not good. But in terms of points against, he's not the least. There's one person who is leaps and bounds actually ahead of the rest. And that would be uh, any guesses off the top of your head? I'm no. looking at it right now, so I won't guess. <laughs> oh yeah, it's Mike. Is Mike? Every he's the only person who is in the 600s who hasn't broken 700 points against. Uh, must be nice. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, what can uh, you do? this is this would this would be the third season, I believe. Um, if if this continues, where he has the least points against. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you think there's like an intimidation factor there or something? Like he, <laughs> I think he might be the tallest guy in the league. I don't know if that plays into the factor here. I do think. I mean, we all. Sorry, go ahead. I do think it's funny that like in my head, Mike's team has always been the like good team killer. It's like he's like the ultimate trap game, mm-hmm. and like it's funny to see these like little biases just like slightly confirmed. <laughs> I mean, we all give um, Sherry our shit for you know not um having his opponents being unable to score but um this year well i actually don't know it seems like every time i look at sherry R's opponent they're scoring like 70 points but to but... be fair sherry is the third least <laughs> yeah he's the third least yeah um and i mean it was like the turtle race between him and kyle last week but uh cream hunt just eked past on monday night um i just want to call out something sherry R. he started the this is you know our real only tinker stinker of the week starting the falcons defense over the vikings defense i think that you just overthought it like and the falcons defense scored a touchdown and still got less points than the vikings defense he played a shitty defense against a shitty offense i think that's just getting too cute I think just you got to roll, especially it's his team. You got to roll with your guys. Play your guys. Anyway, cost it ended up costing him the week. So another big break for Kyle. 
Yeah. Not mad, just confused is Kyle's new team name. And <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I agree. Uh, we had some SSFL trades and some NFL trades, and they all kind of intermingle. Where do you want to start? I think we should start with uh, the fact that Harsh, we just talked about that Harsh needs a win this week. And then he makes this just like bonkers trade where he trades a guy who's coming off a bye, who's had a couple of good weeks. That he'll need points from this week for Zeke Elliott, who's on a bye this week. Like, what, what are we doing here, Harsh? Come on. Harsh and Jerry Jones are the only people that believe in, in Zeke at this point. <laughs> and Wandale Robinson, um, who also is on a bye. Yeah, so Harsh just so, like, you know, yeah. throwing a week for potential Zeke future. It's like, um, I know you, I know you are not uh, Tony Pollard truthers, but like, he seems to be doing pretty well. I haven't watched a lot of Cowboys games. Yeah, the truth is that um, as a as a manager, I defend my players to the end. I always believe in them until I trade them and they're no longer on my team. And I can tell you that Ezekiel Elliott sucks. And Tony Pollard actually is pretty good. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> but <laughs> is the opposite now true, too, that Juju maybe is better than you've given him credit for? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, the la- I I actually stand by at the beginning of the year. I think he was bad, but um, I mean, things change. Like people get better or get more comfortable in the offense. He gets used differently. Um, and I, I mean, I'm buying maybe a little bit high and it could backfire, but I was like, I don't mind having a receiver who runs routes for Patrick Mahomes seems pretty good. And like, so when we're, he, he, the funny thing is this harsh came to me asking for Zeke because he said something along the lines of, uh, I need running back help and I'm tired of the, I traded away CMC jokes. (laughs) 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 It's like, okay. Um, so that's funny, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I maybe Zeke will be okay. I think he's very touchdown dependent. Um, and he's kind of my fourth running back. And I don't think his value is going to go any higher. I'm, I'm very nervous. I was like very nervous to roster Ezekiel Elliott and then end up just like having him on my bench for the rest of the year because no one wants to trade for him and I don't want to start him. And as much as Jerry Jones loves Zeke, I think like Mike McCarthy, if he wants to keep his job, is going to play more Tony Pollard. I feel like. Jerry Jones is not, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he has like a lot more power than we think. So I think the only caveat, the only caveat to that is Zeke still looks like a better goal line back than Tony Pollard to me. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there's chances that there's definitely a a good chance that this trade works out for Harsh simply because he doesn't necessarily need to start Juju. He's got pretty solid wide receivers and assuming DJ Moore is, now, now this is the real DJ Moore instead of what the first six weeks of mm-hmm. DJ Moore was. Um, and that, you know, because he needs running backs, he doesn't have to think about Zeke. He puts him in. Maybe Zeke has a couple, like, two touchdown games. Like, the season. Yep, totally. Um, I mean, I was going after DJ Moore, but Harsh didn't want to budge, which is fair enough. Um, it was – I was a little bit nervous about trading. It's like it was DJ Moore, Amari Cooper, Juju is what he were kind of working with. Amari Cooper is on a, I, I probably like him a little bit more, but he's on a bye next week and I like actually have no one to start. Um, so I needed Juju. And then it's like two 
wide receivers who are, or I guess they're wide receiver ones on their team, but their offenses maybe kind of blow in terms of passing, or you take like an offense that spreads it around, but it's Patrick Mahomes. I was like, okay, that seems good. And we talked about, you know, in this league, it's like guys like Zeke and those players that are like the eight to 12 pointers are kind of just like not that helpful. Whereas Juju, I feel like, you know, he can go for 150 yards and two touchdowns in that offense. That seems way more valuable. The, the dice roll. Yeah. I mean, I think that like you guys gave me plaque for making like trades that were not reflecting my record or Kevin did. And he's not here now, but like the harsh trade feels a little like a like six and six and two, three and or five and three trade where like if Elliot really doesn't pay off, he's kind of fucked. <laughs> Maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, his, his, I was more down on it before I looked at like his, uh, like receivers, it does mm-hmm, feel exactly. hard to like slot Juju in. Totally. It kind of made sense. Like I had, they were like the equivalent position on each other's teams. Um, like Zeke was like my fourth running back. Juju was his fourth wide receiver. It made sense to kind of swap, especially since I needed someone this week. Um, yeah. I mean, I think one, he didn't, he wasn't going to do it like, as of a couple hours ago. And then I added in Wandale Robinson. I think with Juju, I don't really need him, but Wandale is kind of a nice player. But again, both of those guys are on bye. They're not helpful to me this week. And I do need to win um, this week against Sherry R. So team Juju, I think he's great. I think he's incredible. <laughs> Go Chiefs. Looking at Harsh's lineup now, I don't even know that Zeke fits in on his roster, to be honest. Like, Dante Foreman. Yeah, I thought David it was Montgomery interesting that he... Sanders might all be better. Yeah, he wanted running back help, and then I looked at his running backs. So I thought they were pretty good, but maybe Montgomery's kind of on his way out. It feels like Herbert is slowly like doing the Pollard thing to Montgomery, you know? I guess. Um, I think, tell me if you think this is true. It seems like there are more not good but undroppable players this year. than It sure feels that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that yeah. we most of the trades that I've seen in the league so far have been those trades where we're kind of just doing... Usually you get these trades where it's one stud player for a package of crap because <laughs> there's a team like mine that would have like one good player and the rest would be garbage. And so then I would you know trade because I need a whole bunch of starters. Um, but that doesn't seem to be the case. All the teams that have bad roster or have bad records still have like on paper, reasonable looking starters. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to find a team where you can say, okay, there's one player I want to poach and I can see clear deficiencies in three positions that I can help them fill. And so we just keep trading around like low tier talent all over the place. It, it, I I totally agree. It does feel strange. Like, yeah, it's hard because if a player like for example, like I'm gonna, it's just one that came to mind. Not picking on Eric, but like Najee Harris has like name value mm-hmm. and and draft value, and so but like he's been kind of bad, and what? so like trading for him would be hard because I feel like some people maybe if he was on someone else's team or there's a similar player would like 
yeah, but like it's Najee Harris or it's like this other guy, but it's hard to separate like that they're, you know, what they've done recently versus what you envision them to be. Um, Seems like the kind of player and, you would trade for, to be honest. This is the like late season buy low Tony special situation. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's the reason I brought it up is because I was like looking, I was like, hmm. Um, <laughs> but I got I got my running backs. I uh, bought low on Travis Etienne and Christian McCaffrey, believe it or not. So I have been yeah. shopping Najee. I tried to I tried to get DJ Moore from Harsh also. I offered him Najee for that and he said he wasn't willing to do it. Uh, which yeah. I understand in his situation of needing wins. He he can't wait for Najee to, you know, get good in week thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I also offered him to Brandon for Jamar Chase, hoping he'd be willing to pull oh, the plug on Jamar oh, Chase because he needs to win so bad and he wasn't willing. He didn't really even think about it, but I thought that was a kind of a fun one that might mm. might work out. Didn't. Um, That's really interesting. Yeah. I don't know about you, about the DJ Moore thing, because we were both trying to trade for him. Part of why I was trying to trade for him was because I thought there was a decent chance he was going to get traded to the Packers this week. Was mm. that part of it for you? Or was that... Um, yeah, there was a element of if I, I wouldn't necessarily say I was like thinking about the Packers but I thought if he gets traded then that it, his value can only go up um but I was also like when we were talking about the deal and I like sent him that offer I was very nervous because there's a good chance that DJ Moore just goes back to and no fault of his own but like does Sam Darnold start a couple games this year for them? Like, is are they going to start Baker? Like, how good is PJ Walker? The Falcons' defense is terrible. So, does everyone look good against them? And then now, yeah, I don't know. It, it was kind of scary. It was a little bit scary. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he did get traded to the Packers, I would have. But the Packers don't do that, you know. Right. So they also not specific to the Packers either. Just Randall an example team. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But totally. uh, I mean, there was like a lot of speculation that the Packers were looking at. Uh, a like you know brand name wide receiver mm-hmm. um which i think is a good segue into like a, this nfl trade deadline was like a record-breaking trade deadline for the number of players mm-hmm. um i think there's a fair number of like debatably interesting trades for fantasy value as well and i like kind of I don't think I've ever really paid attention to it. And I'm kind of curious, like, you know, CMC going to San Francisco is like, I think like, ah, ha, ha, he went to Stanford. He's a smart guy. He's also fucking CMC. You just hand him the ball and point him at a gap and like, he's going to score. But I'm more curious about like, how does getting traded and like starting a new offense in the middle of the season, like how much does that affect these kind of players? Like, are you changing your offense for them? Or are you just like, you know, doing what you can and looking at next season with them? I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like historically it's more difficult for receivers to come over in the middle of the year and kind of like pick it up and be fully incorporated. Um, it Definitely, I feel like it's easier for running backs, you know, kind of like what you said, there's only so many things they can do. I think it depends um, on the type of yeah. offense for a running back. Like if you're in a running back, I would say actually going to San Francisco would probably be the hardest because they use such a complex zone rushing scheme that sure, totally. learning yeah. your blocking assignments and learning, you know, how to read that zone running scheme is probably more challenging than others. Um, but yeah, and for, he did go to Stanford though. So 
smart guy. <laughs> uh, wide receivers. I mean, I've never played football, obviously, but um, the route tree is the same at every team. It's just what is the play call? You have to learn all of the play calls. You know, like the skills transfer. So I assume that the difficulty is not learning the route tree. It's learning all of the like uh, the audibles and the changes yeah. and the modifiers mm-hmm. on it. And like, yeah, you know, any competent human and the people the like, I think NFL players, most are extremely smart. Like you listen to any quarterback talk about the game and like they clearly deeply yeah. understand it. Except for Russell. <laughs> That's right. Like you give someone a playbook and they could figure it out, but it's just a lot of things to memorize. And like, especially with all of the like things that happen on the, like once you're lined up that I think makes it harder. I would say that, um, yeah, for receivers, it, they need to be on the same page as the quarterback. And that is oftentimes the barrier. Whereas, you know, running back, you hand the ball off, you, you kind of just, you're kind of a solo act. There's obviously more to it, pass blocking and whatnot. But um, when you're talking about like a, a receiver, you, you got to make sure you're going to where the quarterback expects you to go. And even in that, like even in the quote unquote route tree, um, you know, there's like little nuances and variations as to exactly when and where they're going to break and what they do against certain coverages and everything. Um, that's why they talk about like chemistry and it's like Cooper cup buying Matthew Stafford coffee. They seem to have a thing, right? They always know where each other are. Um, and so, yeah, that, that can be hard, I think to develop in a short amount of time. To be fair. Matt Stafford knows where he is because he's staring at him all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, they talk about that like Kelsey doesn't even like run routes he just like does whatever yeah. the fuck he wants and like him and Mahomes have it figured out same with like Brady and Gronk did the same thing right they just go rogue but yeah I think the other thing is like you know if you're getting CMC like you're also probably willing to warp your offense around him a little but I can't mm-hmm. imagine like Claypool going to the Bears like they're not going to warp their offense around like trying to simplify things or trying to like you know work in some more simple routes that they can have Claypool run, right? I'm like, not sure that offense gets more simple, to be honest. <laughs> that's fair. It's a yeah. fair point. It's a very fair but, point. So that's why it's interesting to me. We're like, you know, Claypool, um, I started him a couple times and it was fine, but like not happy about it. I think mm-hmm. that I'm definitely not starting him this week, but like I'm curious, like, you know, two weeks from now, does this benefit him or is it almost purely just like, you know, we'll try and get him some reps, you know, get him used to the team and like, we'll see where we're at at the start of next no, season. I, 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 no, I, they're going to try and get him the ball. I think maybe not right away, but they, I mean, they gave up a second round pick for him. So, I mean, they're, they're not just going to like let him coast and restart next year. I mean, they're, they're actually, aren't they Anyone can make the playoffs in this NFL, I feel like. So other than like the Houston Texans. So <laughs> uh, like they're going to try and win. And they're he's in a better situation than Pittsburgh. Like you can't even argue that the Pittsburgh offense was better because it was as good or worse than the Bears. Totally agree. Um, I would agree. <laughs> I would argue that maybe Fields is even better than Pickett, even though he doesn't throw a lot. I think so. Yeah. And he's going to be like the number one guy. So I think he might. Yeah. Could be startable. You think he's going to be the number one guy? I don't think he's better than Darnell Mooney. Um, I guess he profiles more as that like outside wide receiver. And I don't know if Mooney 
that's where he's most comfortable. Yeah, Mooney to me is like an Amari Cooper type. He's like very good route runner, very good hands type wide receiver. What about uh, Hines to the Bills? I mean, better offense. So I guess in theory, that's good. He's going to play like a similar role, I feel like. And I think this is strange. I know um, Kevin was shitting all over Devin Singletary, but... um, I mean, they round the NFL guys actually agreed with me when I listened to their trade deadline <laughs> thing. So just for the record, um, but they never, they don't really throw to the running back anyway. And that's never been like, I mean, maybe they're going to try and change it. I don't know. I just feel like it's strange. I don't know. Like they must really not like James Cook is kind of what I get out of it. I that. think you don't trade for Naheem Hines unless you're planning on throwing to the running back. He is a decidedly yeah, yeah. pass catching running back. I agree. So maybe they're like trying to make an effort of like changing their offense a little bit. Like they maybe, so maybe they're like, we need this guy so that we can throw to the running backs more efficiently. And okay. That, like, we'll see. I mean, that makes sense to me. Like watching Josh Allen, like the guy can fucking play football, like giving mm-hmm. him more weapons just seems good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, I love it. Frankly, I think it's a great trade. I love this for a football angle. I don't think that he's going to be any more fantasy relevant than he was before. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it'll be fun. I'm really looking forward to playoffs. I think it gives them another element on third down. Not that they go to third down that often, but (laughs) when they do, it will be helpful. Next up is Edmonds to the Broncos. This seems like the most just like... I mean, so... Because you're only talking about the the fantasy relevant part of it. This is definitely the yeah. most exciting trade of the day because mm-hmm. Bradley Chubb is going to Miami. Yeah, but, um, but I'm I'm looking mostly just from the like the fantasy angle because right. you know Chase Edmonds sucks. I think but you have to think like with a tight, strong offensive mind like Nathaniel Hackett, can he unlock <laughs> Chase Edmonds? <laughs> I mean, you put a running back on a team with Waddle, Hill, pulling everyone off the line, and he can't get anything done. Yeah. He, uh, there was uh, also, like, a statistic that I saw. I can't remember exactly what it was called. But he was, like, one of the f- few running backs that was actually, like, negative expected yards <laughs> per play or something. Like, something really weird where, like, he's getting much worse than what is expected. Mm-hmm. Like the um, blocking is there for him, and a he actually manages to do worse. Yes, like he doesn't actually. <laughs> yeah, it's like something like ridiculously bad. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I just, I mean, he got overtaken by Mostert, right? So it was clearly that the Edmonds experience didn't work out. Well, and I think the best part about the the second half of this is. For 10 minutes, I made the case that Mostert was a fringy number one running back in fantasy now is the only option in Miami. And then mm-hmm. 10 minutes later, they traded for Jeff Wilson from the 49ers and that disappeared in the cloud of dust. So that <laughs> that was going to be the next one because it transitioned so well. Edmonds out, Wilson in. Um, this seems like an upgrade for him considering like he is just fucking non-existent in San Francisco. Right? Oh yeah, totally. Like, I think... I think it was all part of the plan. Like there's obviously a pipeline there with uh, McDaniels and from all accounts, Jeff Wilson is like a very like good guy. Um, and I think the 49ers um, and so they just were like, you're not, you didn't want to like do him dirty. Right. And just bury him on the depth chart. 
Um, and they obviously are familiar with him in Miami because of McDaniels. And so now they got like two thirds of the 2021 San Francisco 49ers <laughs> running back room on their team. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I guess maybe they'll sign Trey Sermon, make it the trifecta over there in Miami. Last trade, Calvin Ridley to Jacksonville. Ironically, the hmm. team he got suspended for betting on, I think is really <laughs> the only thing to t- say about it. For betting against. Betting yeah. against. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, obviously not this year. I think as a, someone who owns Trevor Lawrence now, I just traded for him in a like a keeper league. I'm excited. I think this is what you need to do to young quarterbacks to help them succeed. So um, I think Christian Kirk is nice, but uh, if Calvin Ridley is like back to his old self, we don't know. He was going through like a lot of, he was missing a lot of games for like personal quote unquote, like mental health reasons. And they're very vague. Um, And so we don't know like if he's going to be back to what he was before, but he was certainly a very good player uh, prior to that. So obviously a move for the future for Jacksonville. And I think like for the, the quality of player they could potentially get, they gave up like a fourth and a fifth round pick with a bunch of conditions, but yeah. Yeah. The conditions are important though, because if he makes the team in 2024, it becomes a third round pick. And then if they re-sign him, it becomes a second round pick. Yeah. And I, but I would argue, they would probably argue that then that's worth it. And, but if he flames out, then they've only kind of gambled like a, a fourth or fifth round picks like that's whatever those are chump change in the nfl you like touched on something that like i don't know if it's one of those like confirmation bias things but i've seen all over my like nfl twitter this week is this like idea of all these young quarterbacks kind of need a like star receiver to like help them flourish mm-hmm. uh mahomes hill josh allen and stefan diggs tua and his duo tua and then um joe burrow and uh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's thrown to i think it's interesting yeah, looking at that and then looking at the other offenses with young quarterbacks or the people trying to find their young quarterbacks mm-hmm. it sure seems like it's got a lot of merit to me yeah, i think especially after the monday night game you have to look and be like oh is joe burrow just a product of jamar chase because he looked lost on monday night <laughs> yeah I mean that they couldn't block anyone. I think that's a Zach Taylor problem. Yeah, but they've never been able to block anyone, and they made it to the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, even a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> um, yeah, if the quarterback is good, I think that's the only way you can truly like give him a chance to succeed. And then if you're Zach Wilson, then it doesn't matter. Like, like if you're bad, you're bad, right? Like, there's definitely teams are like starting to catch on. Like, oh, we better just load up on on talent and then see what happens. And then sometimes the quarterback is still bad. Or so. you could sell the farm and spend $250 million on a shitty quarterback. <laughs> yeah, you could. And have an absolute oh. dog shit team. Yeah. So you're talking about Russell Wilson. I thought you were talking about um, Deshaun Watson. Oh yeah. No, I was talking about Russ, but uh, yeah. Yeah. You could do that as well. Broncos yeah. country. Let's ride. <laughs> Don't even need the drop. Don't even have it open. Um, anyway, I wanted to bring up the, there was that tweet Tony kept reposting last year about wide receivers, Twitter, always being the, like, mm-hmm. you know, the enemy carries a knife. The Brandon Cooks tweet <laughs> today after they did the trade. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. so don't take a man's kindness for granted. Covered for the lies for too long. Those days are done. Cross the line with playing with my career. 
crossbow emoji. Oh, arrow emoji. Yeah. That, that reads like a cue draw. <laughs> yeah. What are the meanings? Look where look where it's hidden. Watch the water. Uh, that that tweet though, like just keeps on being correct is actually amazing um so i have a little um, question for you just to see whether or not you know this off the top of your head there are two divisions in the nfl right now where every team in the division is 500 or better you know which mm-hmm. two divisions those are yeah the nfc east is one of them yep that's one of them um is it the team that giants are in the that's the NFC East. That's the oh, one okay. Tony said. Yeah, okay. it is. That one is one of them. The Eagles are seven and zero. The Giants and Cowboys are both six and two. And then the Commanders are four and four now after ripping off three in a row. Is it the one the Chiefs are in? It is not because the Broncos, no, Broncos. and the Raiders oh. are terrible. But that's the one everybody is expected it? to be, and that's why I think this is interesting. Is because that division everybody expected to be really, really, really good. Yeah, and the, like it's not the NFC West because the Rams are bad. Right, and that's the other one people would have expected potentially. Yep. Because like, oh, if the Seahawks are sneaky good, the Cardinals could be sneaky good, and then that's a good division. But It's not the NFC North, is it? No, the Bears aren't nope. four, 500, are they? No. Who's in the Patriots? Division? Or the Lions. Lions suck, yeah. The it, Patriots. Oh. Because they're 4-4, four yeah. four, right? They are in last place. Yeah. 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 (laughs) AFC East. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, That's so interesting. To me, those two divisions, NFC East and AFC East, are two of the three least likely divisions before the season for that to happen to. Yeah. Like with the AFC South, everybody would have picked those three as the shittiest divisions. And, and, And like you said, the NFC West and the AFC West with the Broncos, et cetera, where everyone thought that it was like, oh, they're going to have like all four teams making the playoffs now. Mm-hmm. Like, is that going to happen? And like, they're kind of terrible. So yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. The other thing I want to ask is with the Bradley Chubb trade today, are the Broncos giving up? Like, <laughs> ser- seriously. It does. Yeah, it does. Which is kind of sad, right? Yeah. Like, It looks like they're trying to recoup yeah, the- first round picks and realizing that they fucked up and need to rebuild. Because he was their best but player. Had, yeah, and their defense was like the only reason they were ever in games, right? Yeah. So um, it does feel a little bit like they're they're giving up, actually, now that you put it that way. And it's like, rebuild, but how, how do you rebuild when you got like an albatross at quarterback that's costing you 200 and something million? Right, and they also just won, and they're three and five going into the bye week. So you'd think that they're... Confidence would be probably the highest it's been all year since week one. I and, wonder mm-hmm. if they tried to shop around Russ. No. Not even not even like a little feeler just to try, just to see what's out there? I think that they, I you might be right that they tried, but I think that they wouldn't be willing to do it from an ego perspective for less than, I don't know, two first round picks coming back or something. And no one would do that right now because of the amount of hate that guy's getting. Um, and so I just, I think the, like you lock in your losses there instead of, it's like the biggest sell low you could possibly do by trading Russell <laughs> Wilson right now. Yeah. So, I mean, it's more just like, do you really think he's going to get better or like at what you got to cut your losses at some point? Yeah. Well, I think they yeah, fire but, the coach and give Russ another year before they yeah. trade Russ to be on, on in my opinion. Hackett will be fired at the end of this year. It's it, Unless they go on some sort of miraculous run. Dude's terrible. Yeah. Well, Even if they make the playoffs this year, I think they'll get fired. I 
cannot see that happening. But um, Josh McDaniels, more or less likely to get fired than Nathaniel Hackett at this point. That's a good question. E well, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say equally, but I actually think McDaniels is probably more likely to get fired. That's been an unmitigated disaster. Good, that guy sucks. <laughs> Fire him I, up. I genuinely think that uh, two weeks ago, or this, I don't really think this, but I want to believe this is true. A couple of weeks ago, things aren't looking good for the Raiders. Um, Bill Belichick probably just sent a text to Josh McDaniels that was like, hey, come back next year. And Josh McDaniels is trying to get fired now to get severance pay for three years on the contract to go back and be the OC of the Patriots again. I love that. That's uh, that. some big uh, tinfoil hat. I love it. That's that's like taking Operation Pink Pony to like a whole, whole <laughs> other level. <laughs> uh, we didn't talk about Brandon and Dion's Chase Edmonds for Romeo Dubs trade. Yeah, that's a... <laughs> not quite as low octane as the Derek Carr trade but... <laughs> I don't know it feels like a probably just needed players for players oh I know well Dion did it because he has Mostert and he probably just wanted insurance but now <laughs> now he just gets a Broncos running back <laughs> instead <laughs> yep surprise it would be very uh, funny if like he ends up taking over the job for Gordon in the Broncos and it like, that propels, would be hilarious. It, like propels Dion into the playoffs. Just like, sure. Why not? After yeah. like how, how bad Brandon suffered through Edmonds for the first half of the season. We'll check back in on that storyline week 13. Yep. All right. A tiebreaker matchup between Brandon and Dion for the last playoff spot. Spicy. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week and uh, good luck to everyone.